0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. A new book tells the story of one of the world's living treasures and a giant of medical science. The inventor of the bionic ear has changed the lives of millions around the world who suffer with hearing impairment. After watching his own father struggle with hearing loss, Graham Clark overcame obstacles and opposition to bring the gift of hearing to profoundly deaf children and adults. He chronicles his research accomplishments and medical advances, as well as his battles to overcome the ridicule of peers, his tireless efforts to procure funding for his work, and his reliance on the religious and ethical values that guided his investigations. The new book is called, I Want to Fix Ears. It's one of the shortlisted titles for the upcoming Australian Christian Book of the Year Awards to be announced in September. Our absolute privilege to welcome Professor Graham Clark. Welcome along, Graham.
1: Well, thank you very much, Neil. It's lovely to be with you.
0: Graham, your book, I Want to Fix Ears, this for you is a lifelong quest that you're outlining in this book.
1: Yes, indeed. It did start in a way when I was a five-year-old child at the kindergarten and my kindergarten teacher said to me, what do you want to do? And I said, I'd like to fix ears because my dad has a hearing problem.
0: Graham, did you have your own hearing impairment as well?
1: No, no, I didn't lose a little bit of hearing later on in life, but uh, Dad was the one who had a severe, became a severe loss, and uh, I saw the effects of it in his pharmacy and also in our home life. There were many uh, problems that uh, I was concerned about and I wanted to try and help him when I grew up. And that's why I directed my life on advice through medicine. But even there, I did not find a quick, easy answer for for dad. And I turned and found research was a possible way of helping.
0: When did you realise that this childhood dream of fixing ears could, in fact, make this major development for people who have hearing impairment?
1: Well, I set out in the journey, not sure where or how it would finish up. Uh, I did the standard training to be an ear doctor and uh, thought that was the way... To help but it wasn't really till I was in a senior surgeon here in Melbourne in Collins Street that I realised how little we could do to help deaf people and I saw a paper by Blair Simmons in America he had had some uh, hearing uh, restored in a patient of his but it's it lit a fire in my belly I had a fire there for many years and uh, I left a comfortable specialist practice to become a poor ENT surgeon in or oh, actually a, a physiologist at SUNY University uh, and um, I then uh, hoped that I could find a way by reproducing the coding of sound with electrical stimulation. We might do better than had been done before.
0: I mentioned in the introduction you are a man of strong Christian faith and conviction. When you're going through the problems that you go through trying to resolve all sorts of issues, getting to a point where you can create an invention that can fix ears, How much do you rely on your own faith in God to take you through those difficulties, those hardships, the insurmountable problems to eventually get some resolution?
1: Well, in answer to that, I should perhaps qualify it by saying how I came to be a Christian. Uh, I was brought up in a, a nominal Christian environment with my parents sending us to uh, Sunday school, but uh, and I went to a Christian school, but it really didn't impact on my life. I became a surgeon, and then I had to do what many Australians did in those days, went to the UK to get asbestos training, and then I came back as the self-confident, self-made surgeon, which we tend to be and I was ship surgeon and I suddenly realized a few days out to sea, I probably had acute appendicitis and I might have to take my own appendix out on board ship with the help of a bosun who was a pretty tough individual and that thought really terrified me in a way and I was in a small Catholic hospital and the nun came and uh, went and took me to the chapel and preached for help. It was the first time in my life I'd asked for help in uh, being a uh, Christian of nominal value. And I came to see a whole series of miracles to get me out of that situation, to meet Christians who believed and showed me how the Bible was the word of God. And that was a really a realization that God had his hand on me. And from there on, I needed every prayer possible to deal with all the challenges that turned up in developing the Bionic ear multi-channel cochlear implant.
0: I know some might be asking right now, Graham, do you still have your appendix?
1: I do have my appendix. it uh, settled down. Uh, I told the captain about it initially and then when I got to port side, uh, he said he would order me off the ship even though I told him I felt I was better. Uh, improved with some antibiotics I put on board, and uh, I was uh, really all alone there in Egypt until I got prayer answers to getting back home and realizing that God was there and able to answer prayer.
0: A wonderful encounter with God an answer to prayer, and uh, since then you've believed in God's miraculous intervention to heal, but you've also understood the capacities that God has given to humanity, those gifts to allow good medical practice. How has your faith contributed to your own development medically?
1: Well, I have always tried to be a good scientifically-based scientific surgeon and I have never had a conflict with my faith. I have always prayed when, say, doing some surgery. uh, I know that however much I know about things, they're never quite straightforward. I need God's guidance. In how I carry out operations, I've needed God's help in how to to manage a team at one stage of a hundred people, and I can show you as a leader of a team, you have to manage and help uh, quite a lot of people who are uh, quite ambitious in their own rights to do what you feel you should be directing them too. So there've been many ways in which prayer life has been helpful, including raising funds. When I started and tried to develop a bionic ear, I knew it was going to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Most people said it wouldn't work I didn't get funding from the National Health and Medical Research Council, but I was persistent in prayer and I was upheld by the statements of Jesus that uh, uh, if you're persistent, God will answer prayers. And it was answered when Sir Reginald Ansett ran a telethon here in Melbourne for nerve deafness. And without the money from that telethon, we wouldn't have been able to take the next important step to see if hearing and speech understanding was possible.
0: We're talking with Professor Graham Clark. His new book is called I Want to Fix Ears. It's the inside story on the cochlear implant. It's available from online sellers and wherever you buy good books. Graham, when you're out on the edge in a new frontier and new developments, new scientific advancements are happening for you, you're also battling skeptics, people who say this can never be done. How do you deal with those skeptics and does your faith make a difference when you're on that path towards a success that you haven't yet achieved?
1: Well, firstly, let me say there were three types of skeptics. Um, Firstly, those that uh, were scientific colleagues who looked at the science and said, the science isn't uh, showing that this is going to work. Then I had my clinical colleagues and surgeons who said, not only that it won't work, but that it's dangerous and could be life-threatening, and then finally, there were skeptics who used signing deaf community who said you should not uh, operate on children. Uh, you should use sign language. And so with all of them, I prayed. I, With the scientists, I uh, had, uh, went and uh, tried to do good science and was happy to talk to them about the science and they were the first to acknowledge that this really was a major breakthrough. The the thing about science, the greater the breakthrough you've got, the more criticism you have and that's only reasonable and and expected. My surgical colleagues who said it wouldn't work because it was dangerous, again, I had done all I could to make sure it was safe and uh, effective, that is good science. And they too were very uh, uh, supportive later on when they realized how beneficial it was. The Signing Deaf community have moved around a a little bit more and do accept it, but there's a, a feeling that the community was going to be threatened And uh, they didn't always want to have hearing, which was really quite a surprise when I'd worked so hard, and the team, of course, to see if this would be uh, giving them hearing. And, of course, nowadays, most parents who have a deaf child are hearing parents, and they want to be able to speak to their children.
0: Take us back to how you felt, Graham, when you realised for the very first time that your cochlear implant actually worked.
1: Well, a very memorable moment for me. Uh, It occurred in September or December 1978 I was running out of money. I had my first patient, Rod Saunders, and we were trying to see how we could electrically stimulate his brain to give him speech understanding. And I knew that if I didn't have results by the end of the year, well, the whole program might collapse. And when we had done good science and found that he could hear speech which had not been done before. He could hear speech without even the need of lip reading. I was so overcome with uh, joy that I went into the next door lab and burst into tears of joy. The relief, the joy... Was so powerful.
0: I think we can feel that joy even as you are describing it because there are innumerable people now around the world who have access to this wonderful invention. Do you know what sort of difference a cochlear implant has made to people all around the world? Do we know numbers?
1: Well, yes, we do in general. I mean, I must say it hasn't just been our research effort at the University of Melbourne and the Ionia e Hospital collaboration in the surgery, but without a fantastic company that developed as a result of this, namely Cochlear in Sydney, it would not still have been able to be useful for a large number of people and and they made a fantastically reliable device that has incorporated quite a lot of our research. So it's um, now it's for 40 years or more now that Cochlear has been the dominant company in the world markets and to have nearly going on towards half a million children and adults who've had the implant is uh, very amazing. When we first started, we thought if a company got 10% of the world market, that was doing very well. But to have 70% reliably over the years has been amazing. So, uh, and as a result of that, there are many people who've written saying thank you, You've given me back my life. Uh, I uh, uh, am very touched by them and, and even seeing and meeting the children and others here in Melbourne and
0: Australia. Graham, thanks so much for being so open about your personal faith. I wonder if you're reflecting on your career whether without faith you would have accomplished the things that you've done in the invention of the bionic ear, the cochlear implant. How important is it to have faith in God to pursue those challenging issues of your career?
1: Well, in my case, it would not have been possible because uh, this development, has taken so much time. it has been so many elements. I don't know that of any development of life. this has taken so many different disciplines to bring together to make it effective. Um, it's been uh, a real challenge and that's been a matter of prayer. And also I think people don't understand that in science, it's not very necessarily cold, dispassionate work. There's a lot of human drama that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, people have their own uh, problems and difficulties. And all of these things are helped by my faith and belief in God and prayer for life.
0: Does the compassion that's required, Graham, to pursue what you've done in developing the cochlear implant uh, does that compassion come naturally to some people, and if you've got a reflection here on the faith that you have in Christ knowing that his compassion was to heal the sick, is that a contributing factor in your own motivation?
1: Oh, absolutely uh, I mean. Once one thinks that it's my doing, I'm the clever one, I always seem to get uh, uh, a rat over the knuckles, uh, you might say. I've come to realize that prayer really is ultimately uh, best when you're totally dependent on God for an answer which gives you great humility. I can't tell you how much I was criticized when I first started, uh, and I almost felt at one stage I had no pride left. And so it was when one realizes that you're end of your own capacity that God does seem to me to intervene. And I think C.S. Lewis, a wonderful uh, apologist, Uh, points that out too.
0: Graham, did your father live long enough to know that you could fix ears?
1: Oh yes, both my father and my mother uh, lived long enough to know what was happening. Mum died earlier than Dad, but Dad lived to the age of 96. And I think by that stage, He was a little old and frail to have had it, but uh, would have been nice to do so. But uh, they both felt that uh, they had been blessed to have had one child who's done something to help the handicapped or the disabled with hearing.
0: Professor Graham Clark, his new book is called I Want to Fix Ears. It is one of the shortlisted titles up for the Australian Christian Book of the Year Awards to be announced in September. And, Graham, we might wish you all the best with that. But uh, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and to share your heart and your faith with listeners today on 2020. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Neil, for inviting me to talk about it. Uh, It is close to my heart, and I do hope and uh, pray that if people do read it, they will be touched, and and that the young generation might read it and be inspired to be creative and to do things in the uh, Lord's work. I think there are plenty of scientists in the past who have... uh, and this, Clark Maxwell, for example, probably one of the greatest physicists of all time, was a very committed Christian, and uh, there have been many, many
0: others. Professor Graham Clark's book is I Want to Fix Ears. It's the inside story on the cochlear implant. It's available from online sellers and wherever you buy good books.